The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this chilly weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you would like to be part of the program, you have a question or a comment, call us. The number is 877-670-7117. You can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So the good news is is that uh, many Americans are going to live a lot longer than they expected. The bad news is uh, that might to lead to some financial regret, as a lot of those people are going to realize probably too late that they – Claim Social Security too early uh, or probably uh, undersaved for retirement or, or did, both. Or did not take enough risk in their retirement portfolio relative to their the prospect of longevity. So um, dem demographers and actuaries uh, make a distinction between life expectancy and longevity. So life expectancy refers to the average number of years someone will live for uh, from a given age. So let's, you know, Josh is 36. Life expectancy is uh, how long he's going to live from this age, um, whereas longevity refers to how long Josh would live uh, should he live if everything goes well, typically expressed as the probability, probability of living beyond a certain age, such as 85, 90, or 100. And so, uh, you know, the miracle of modern medicine, <laughs> it's always funny when I go, my, my doctor has been the doctor in Ben for quite some time, and so his waiting room the people in the waiting room when I go there are quite a bit older than me and the amount of uh, drugs that some of these people are on is mind-boggling. But, you know, obviously a lot of these drugs can keep us alive longer and, and actually keep us a better standard of living. But um, so obviously a lot of people are very dependent on Social Security. Um, and so among people 65 to 69, 18% receive over 90% of their income from Social Security. So when they first retire, 18% of the people in the United States receive 90% of their total income from Social Security. By age 80, that 18% rises to 33% that are going to need 90% of their money from Social Security. So, um, you know, long-term care insurance being what it is, uh, that is really your hedge is having your retirement assets. Uh, and, and so a couple things. You know, you need to save more than you think. You need to take Social Security later than you think. You don't need to take it at 62 because it's not going to be there. That's a fallacy. Come on. That's the third rail of politics is Social Security. Um, and so delaying Social Security for as long as you can. And like Josh said, also being relatively aggressive in your investment portfolio uh, so that it keeps up uh, with inflation at least. Well, if you're 62 and you can project that your average life expectancy is another 25 years and you rewind from 2023, think back to 1998 right now. You're going to have to do that again. So much. Do what again? Oh, you mean the You're going to have to experience that through markets. And, you know, the, the context is the most important thing because it's, it's not like you can just turn it off. You've got another two, two and a half decades to go where you have to, you have to embrace risk or you're not going to make it. Unless you're really rich, you got to embrace risk. You know, <laughs> that, Bill that Gates is, isn't really worried about market volatility. Well, one giant caveat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are those people out there, right? They definitely are, if yeah. If you're rich enough, you can just put it all in treasury bonds and be totally fine. Or you could put it all in the S&P and be fine also. Yeah, and your beneficiaries will thank you. Yeah, okay, let's talk about exchange-traded funds. Uh, we, they're, they're ETFs, exchange-traded funds, ETFs for short. It's amazing how many of our clients call them EFTs, just like they call required minimum distributions, well, uh, MRDs. There's so many, you know, and you got the NFTs now. So there's about 3,000 different ETFs in the United States now as of May of 2022. 
And uh, well, most of the assets are in broad market indexes like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ QQQs. There's now essentially an ETF that is focused on every imaginable corner of the market. You know, you can own a healthcare ETF or a solar a solar energy ETF, you know, a Turkey ETF, Thailand, there's, anything. There's over 3,000 of them out there to pick from. Yeah, so they become, uh, they become, they can become very dangerous. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Josh and I, in our practice, uh, use ETFs, exchange-traded funds, for our clients' assets. We also use them for our own assets, uh, but the ones we own are index-based, and they track generally very broad-based indexes, and that, that's what we're, when we talk about what the kind of ETFs that we like and that we think people should own, uh, those are the ones. So uh, essentially, if you think of what an ETF is, it's, a, it's, it, it's like the you know, pools of assets like a mutual fund. It's a collection of uh, either stocks or bonds or different securities inside of a wrapper, um, but instead of like a mutual fund, prices at the end of the day. So a mutual fund, let's say the mutual fund that owns the S&P 500, it prices at the end of the day based on the, the value of all those securities together. An exchange-traded fund, or ETF, trades throughout the day uh, based on its underlying assets. So mutual fund trades based on the closing value at the market. ETFs trade throughout the day just like an individual stock. Um, we, actually we actually happen to believe that is a a benefit of ETFs uh, and the, one of the bigger reasons that we use them. Um, so they are diversified. If you use the ones that we're talking about, um, you, you know, you can buy undiversified ETFs, but the ones that we're talking about are, are diversified. Uh, you know, if, if we buy a large cap index or a small cap index, um, you know, those are going to be diversified ETFs. Now, they're also extremely low cost if you're talking about the ETFs that we use. And so uh, some of the ETFs that we use are 0.03% or three basis points. So really low cost. And the reason they're so low cost is, of course, because most ETFs just track a fixed index. So, you know, for instance, like we use Schwab large cap, uh, which tracks the Dow Jones total large cap stock index. So Schwab knows the 750 companies that are in that index. And essentially all a computer has to do is uh, mirror the index. And so there's not this dynamic of human intervention that leads to you know, the additional expense ratios that you have in actively managed mutual funds. Um, the, many people will remember like a few years ago when there was a lot of concern about ETFs ETF indexes that were pegged to relatively illiquid securities. Uh, that's definitely something for people to consider out there if you're trying to get exposure to you know, more esoteric asset classes because these are actively traded vehicles. Uh, and that's another one of the advantages of them is they're easy to trade and uh, you, know, they, you can put in different types of orders. So you, know, you can execute a limit order, other stuff that you can't do with an actively managed mutual fund. But what they actually own underlying them is very important for you as the end consumer and the retail investor to know. And what index they're actually tracking is something that you should definitely take into consideration when you're picking what exchange-traded fund you want to buy. For instance, in small caps, if you're buying maybe the S&P small cap 600, which has a, a hurdle for companies to actually have profitability to be in there, or you're buying the Russell 2000, which is just the broader universe of small caps, and 45% of them actually don't uh, make their cost of capital. But the point is, you need to know the index that the ETF you're buying actually tracks. And that's sort of a corollary to the low cost component. But, you know, the onus is on you to sort of do the investigative work and figure out what's there. Uh, speaking to the next advantage, of course, uh, you know, they're transparent. You know exactly what their holdings are every day. Uh, there's a big move in the, the mutual fund industry to actually move toward uh, actively traded ETFs. Uh, or non-transparent ETFs that uh, don't necessarily reflect what they own on a, on, a, on a daily basis. But within the mutual fund industry, they want to enjoy that same legislative privilege that leads to the next advantage of uh, ETFs, which is their tax efficiency. And the tax efficiency is a big component because what goes on in the back end, all that buying and selling and changing of the basket, 
ETFs, because they're not 1940 Act mutual funds, uh, they don't actually have to pay that buying and selling on the back end out as in the form of a capital gain distribution. So the primary motivation for using it for most people, especially taxable account investors out there, is that they have a significantly higher tax advantage to get, you know, ultimately your after-tax return is all that matters. And when you own ETFs and taxable accounts, you don't get saddled with those capital gains distributions that you weren't planning on uh, every December. So the benefit is of exchange-traded funds are really low cost, really tax efficient, they're transparent, and they trade all day long as long as you're buying broad market. Just stay away from the, the narrow market or the ETNs uh, or leverage inverse. So some of those can be really dangerous. All right, if you'd like to take our – if you have a question for the show or comment, call us, 877-670-7117. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can use your retirement accounts to delay starting taking Social Security. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Plateau Travel Plaza. After a long day and you want to play, get your mind off of the road. Have a great meal, try our slot machines. Life's good on the plateau. Quick stop anytime, gets you everything under the sun. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Food, fuel, and fun? At the Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras, you get food, fuel, and fun all in one fabulous stop. After you fuel up with our low fuel prices, enjoy something fresh from our deli. Shop our store for local crafts and jewelry, travel essentials, electronics, and more. Then have some fun in our game room with 30 of the hottest slot machines and all the rewards you can handle. Life's good on the Plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. I thought learning a language would be too much work. Then I discovered Babbel. They make learning fun. J'aime Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes. Quick and easy. And soon you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen? My friend from Italy said my accent and pronunciation is perfect. It's because Babbel's lessons are designed by language teachers and voiced by real native speakers. Each lesson is like living in another country for 15 minutes. I love that there's all kinds of ways to learn. Babbel's podcasts, your games, or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. You learn words and phrases you actually use in real conversations. In three weeks, I was starting to speak in another language. So easy. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. 
Welcome back. If you'd like to uh, take one of us up on a free retirement review, uh, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always send us an email if you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, so click on the Contact Us button. Um, so during the housing boom of 2020 and 2021, we know that house prices appreciated a little over 40% nationally, uh, and demand obviously spiked to record levels. Uh, we're now seeing the exact opposite with a 46% drop in investor purchases over the last year. That's the largest decline on record. That includes the global financial crisis, 2008-2009, when we saw a huge drop in demand. Um, and obviously the biggest reason for the drop in demand from a buyer standpoint is um, higher financing costs. And so let, think about it. If you have a mortgage that's under 3.5%, which is what most people have now, um, how are you going to trade up to a 6 or 6.5% mortgage? Uh, it's going to be quite difficult. So that's why demand has fallen the most it has ever have has in the housing market. And, you know, the, the thing is, is prices haven't, you know, prices have rolled over, but they haven't rolled over to the extent um, that they're probably going to. And I know that makes me really unpopular when I say things like that, but it's because so many of you have so much of your net worth tied to real estate, but like the stock market's a leading indicator. The stock market already had a, quite a big sell-off. Why would the housing market be different? And, and you know the answer is it's not going to be. I know you all have reasons that you want it to be different, but it's not going to be different. Well, and I don't think it's going to go down as much as the stock market went down, but it, it definitely has to have a price adjustment because every asset is the price of all assets are based on where interest rates are and nothing more than real estate. Yeah, the incremental buyer, the institutional buyer drying up, also the i buyer, I mean the i buyer, the Zillows and open doors of the world, that's gone. Uh all of that free money that institutional capital was using to be the incremental purchaser of homes uh, it isn't there anymore. There's a risk-free 5% carrot being hung out and so uh, with that opportunity cost, you're going to see a pretty dramatic correction. So during that same mania of 2020 and 2021, top line revenue growth at companies was all that mattered. So investors looked around the investment universe and they looked at companies that had really high top line revenue growth, uh, meaning you know the revenue that was coming in the door was growing at really high rates. Nobody cared about the profitability of that revenue. In fact, you know most of those companies with really high top line revenue growth uh, were seeing they were losing money just as quickly. Um, so if you fast forward to today, all that matters is bottom line. So everybody cares about what the bottom line is, which is profitability. Um, and so <clears throat> when you look at a company like Lyft, um, you know, their revenues grew cr like crazy, but their profitability continued to shrink. And of course, their stock price has traded accordingly. Um, from you know close to a hundred dollars a share now to trade it down to five dollars. Well, a share. and you know that is a great example of losses per share or losses per ride are accelerating, and similar to the DoorDash dynamic where losses per delivery are accelerating, and those shares have both ripped year to date. Well, year to date, but I mean their stocks are still on eighty percent from their high. And the point <laughs> is, sure. is profitability. So it went from top line growth. All that they cared about was revenue in the door because that the profitability was somewhere out in the future. And that's what can happen in zero interest All rates. All those weird acronyms that supposedly mattered like yeah. TAM, total addressable market. But now all that matters in the market is actual bottom line, you know, prof net profitability. Uh, that, that's what investors care about, which is what they should always care about, by the way. It's not something that uh, is new. This is something that if you're buying a business, you should really care about net profitability. Okay. So Josh, I'll let you take this away. But um, one of the things that uh, that people do often for various reasons is start collecting social security at 62 and so we are huge advocates uh for people delaying taking social security as long as they can at least till for a retirement age which for most of you is 67. um the federal reserve bank of atlanta um did a study and they found that retirees uh give up tens of thousands even hundreds of thousands of dollars by taking social security early um that takes into account that if a retiree claims Social Security at age 70 instead of 62, the monthly benefit will be 60 or sorry, 76 percent higher adjusted for inflation. Meaning, if you wait till 70, 
Verses 62, your monthly benefit will be 76% higher. And that's excluding the cost of living adjustment. Yeah, so the research, uh, the researchers looked at lifetime discretionary spending and determined that almost 90% of workers age 45 to 62 would benefit by waiting until age 70 to, to collect Social Security. Now, obviously, if you take Social Security at or you, you don't take Social Security and you die at 66, you know, obviously that's a that's going to be a problem. So not everybody's going to benefit because you know you don't know how long you're going to live. Uh, but uh, less than 10% of retirees are likely to wait to age 70. And so what we tell our clients and our prospective clients is a strategy that, that you can implore uh, such that you can delay taking Social Security by using your retirement assets. And so the important thing to know is every year you wait after 62 to take Social Security, the income on your Social Security benefit goes up by 8% per year. And that's your income. And that's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. Nowhere else can you get an 8% guarantee that with a guarantee that's that good. Uh, the other thing that's important to know is these big cost of living adjustments that have come from Social Security, for, that is on top of the 8%. So a great hedge for yourself in retirement against inflation is to delay taking Social Security. So, Josh, explain to our listening audience how we go about dealing with our clients delaying their Social Security if they've retired. So they've retired. They need to take income. Um but we want them to wait to take Social Security. If you, and it doesn't benefit us, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it actually benefits to our detriment, of course, by giving our clients this advice because it means less money in their accounts and ultimately less fee revenue for us. But it's it's the right thing to do. 100% in their best interest. And the idea is that, you know, if you're past that 62 age, your biggest expense, net of your mortgage or whatever else, is probably going to be healthcare. So you're going to have a relatively high distribution rate to 65. And as you continue delaying, you know, you, you need to fill the gap. You need a bridge to get you there. And the, this is where the idea of a taxable account becomes such an imperative in our eyes. But even if it's an IRA. Even if it's from an IRA. But the, the nuance to it, of course, is you're going to need to have a relatively high distribution rate coming from uh, your the sum total of your accounts to replace that Social Security income stream on top of maybe the supplementary income you were already planning on taking from your retirement accounts. But the idea, of course, is that the longer the bridge is, the more money you need. But if it's all coming exclusively from a traditional IRA and you're paying ordinary income on those distributions, the net amount that you're going to get after you pay taxes is you know, significantly less than you thought it was going to be. But the point is, is you're going to be placing an even more unnecessarily high distribution burden uh, on your traditional retirement accounts. So the best strategy from our perspective is usually to have some version of a blend across both your retirement accounts and your taxable accounts and creating that income stream. But the point is, is that you need significant retirement savings, either in the qualified or non-qualified realm, to try to be that bridge to get you to filing for Social Security. And so the important, th so the, here's to break it down and make it simple. You're going to look at your retirement assets. Doesn't matter if they're qualified, non-qualified. You're going to have a higher distribution rate. What after you, so you retire, you're going to take a bunch more money from your retirement accounts than you normally would, so you can delay taking Social Security. Once you take Social Security, you reduce your distribution from your retirement assets by the amount of your Social Security check, thereby going under the amount that we would uh, normally have you take from your retirement accounts. It's a, it's a strategy that makes a ton of sense because of the guaranteed increase in eight, of 8% eight on your Social Security payment. All right, if you want to take us up on a free retirement review, call our office to get it scheduled, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to answer the question, do you need a estate plan? Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. traffic the most weather fm 100.1 is news talk 1110 kbnd bend 
Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with Cook's Kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. Central Oregon is a great way to describe where we live. It's centrally located close to mountains, rivers, lakes, and within just a short drive of the beach, too. At Thomason Auto Group, they're just like you. They like to get out there and enjoy what this part of the world has to offer. But getting there should be part of the adventure, too. Thomason has hundreds of great cars, trucks, and SUVs, hand-picked so pretty much anything you're looking for is in stock and just waiting for someone like you to go out and enjoy your next journey. Because the journey is just as important as the destination. Thomason Auto Group is family-owned with locations in Bend and Redmond. They're close by and ready to help you find the right vehicle to get you out there and enjoy the great Central Oregon outdoors. Enjoy the journey with a little help from Thomason Auto Group. Online at thomason.com. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One-of-a-kind, discontinued models, and old furniture friends. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The Warehouse Clearance Sale at Wilson's Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bin. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands on sofas, love seats, sectionals, recliners, lift chairs, cocktail tables, end tables, over 700 accessories, up to 75% off. So much stuff. There's furniture and mattress clearance specials at both stores in Bend and Redmond. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The sooner you come in, the better selection. At Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend, we've got the furniture and mattress for you. Sale ends February 28th. Spring is in the air, and that can only mean one thing, spring grilling. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. With 50% off site-wide, grab all your favorites like perfectly aged tender steaks, ocean-fresh seafood, juicy burgers, incredible air-chilled chicken, and decadent desserts. Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code HOT at checkout, you'll get an additional $30 off your order. It's the perfect way to get fired up and spring into something special. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use code HOT at checkout and take advantage of this deal. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, and you're going to want to hurry because 50% off site-wide is only happening for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use code HOT at checkout and get an additional $30 off when you shop their semi-annual sale today. Minimum order may be required. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is Josh Finelli. And we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific, yet chilly Northwest. Uh, so there's now an alternative again, and Josh mentioned this in the last segment. You can now get a risk-free uh, return in the U.S. Treasury market, five uh, percent on your money. Uh, so now you can buy a one-year Treasury bill or note or bond uh, that pays you five percent, and you don't have to pay taxes at the state level on that money. The last time we saw 
the yield that high on a one year was July 23rd of 2007. That seems like forever ago. Um, and a lot of people are asking, you know, are rates going to be higher for longer? Josh and I are in the camp that they are going to be. And when we say longer, we mean like probably the rest of our career. And Josh is 36. Um, and so when you look at obviously the last inflation print data came in higher than expected on the CPI level. And so the market is now pricing in three more 25 basis point hikes. Um, and so the market is expecting uh, in March a 25 basis point hike to Fed funds rate of 5% in May uh, five and a quarter, and then in June, five and a half. Uh, then the market thinks that the Fed is going to pause. And here's here's the the reality. The reason that one of the biggest reasons the Fed has to keep going is January was the 22nd consecutive month where inflation grew faster than wages. And what that means ultimately is a decline in the living standards of almost all Americans. And the lower you are in the income spectrum, the more that affects you, obviously. Uh, it, it can explain a lot of the political unrest and unhappiness uh, is when inflation grows for essentially two years faster than wages. Um, I mean, the last time we've seen real wage growth in this country, sustained real wage growth, Bill Clinton was president and Josh was in short pants. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so here's the magic million-dollar question. Do you need an estate plan? And first, I'll start off by saying everybody has an estate plan, whether you actually have one written out or not, and that's called the, the state of Oregon if you live in the state of Oregon because essentially a judge would decide what happened with your, would happen with your estate if you don't have a will or a trust. And so, um, you know, once you turn 18, everybody essentially ba needs a basic uh, estate plan. It doesn't have to be super complicated, but, you know, if you have any assets at the age of 18, you really need to have one other, unless you're good with a judge deciding, um, you know, what happens to your assets. So, you know, what we're talking about here is people, you know, starting life or, or with assets already. Um, and so the one thing that really should prompt everybody out there, I know it prompted me and my wife, uh, it was the arrival of kids. Um, you know, we said, oh, wait a second. Um, it's not just about us. You know, if something happened to me, she could go find another sucker or vice versa. <laughs> and so, but, you know, the kids showed up and it was like, whoa, wait a second. I, uh, these other people, these are dependent on me. And so we need to figure out, um, you know, at that time we had a will and power of attorneys and those kind of things. But the arrival of children starts for a lot of people that process. I know it did for Mr. Finelli as well. Um, the next thing to consider is your estate size, meaning the size of your assets, uh, and the state that you live in. So, uh, you know, because if you're going to set up a trust, for example, you can uh, do some creative planning uh, to delay uh, some of your estate tax liability uh, at your death. Um, but the, the good thing to know is for most people, the federal t exclusion is enough. Um, it's uh, so for a husband and wife, you're, you're excluded from paying federal taxes at the estate tax level if you have 20, a little over $24 million. So that covers most of you out there listening. If it doesn't cover you, congratulations. And I'm not going to tell you what you should do because you're going to have to pay estate taxes. <laughs> now, if you live in the state of Oregon, unfortunately, you don't get $24 million, You get a million each. And so state of Oregon still thinks it's 1973. Uh, and a million dollars is a lot of money, but for an estate, a million dollars isn't when you factor in real estate, you know, some retirement accounts and maybe some life insurance, you get to a million bucks really quick. So in the state of Oregon, everything over a million dollars per person is taxed at 16%. State of Oregon takes that. Um, I almost said Kate Brown. What's our, our new governor? Tina Kotek. Tina Kotek will send your estate a thank you letter. No, she really doesn't do that. But uh, they, everything above a million bucks, they tax at 16%. So for a husband and wife, they can do some uh, creative uh, planning, estate planning, to at least exclude some of that while they're alive, and then the kids are going to have to deal with that. Um, the next thing you have to decide if you want an estate plan, namely to set up a trust, is if you have uh, concerns about your assets getting probated or you want your estate to be private when you die. So if your assets get probated uh, when you die, essentially, you know, it becomes public and it, the, it goes out there and before a judge signs off on the probate, it essentially says, uh, you know, does this person owe anybody money? Now come forward. Uh, if I, you know, before, if I sign on this probate and end it, that means you can't make a claim against the estate. So 
um, if you know, probate can also take a long time, longer than anybody wants to get the money. And so, uh, by having a proper estate plan, it can speed up passing most of the assets much quicker. The other thing, if you have a trust uh, that can, uh, if you have concerns about people knowing what was in your estate, um, for example, like my wife and I have a trust. Um, essentially, when I die, my trust owns everything, so I am essentially broke. Um, nobody's going to see what was in my estate because the trust owns it, and they're not going to be able to see the trust except for living and you live in the state or the city of, of Bend, and you can look at Dial. Um, so, if you want some privacy, you can set up a trust, and you know I don't think you'll care because you'll be dead. But it is what it is. Um, another thing trusts can help you with, and estate planning can help you with, is if you become incapacitated, right? You get in a car accident, or all of a sudden you get dementia, or whatever might happen that make it such that you can't uh, act on your on behalf. Um, this is a big one, and one that we deal with probably the most. I mean, we deal with a lot of states and the state uh, after the person has died, but the the bigger challenge is while the person is still alive. Uh, and they are unable to take care of their own affairs, right? So, you know, just doing banking, paying the bills, all that stuff. Um, you need a power. You need you need to give somebody power of attorney, and a relatively high level of power of attorney, and that has to be somebody obviously that you can trust. Uh, we unfortunately see some um, some people abusing that power of attorney. Uh, the other thing is you need to give away uh, your a power of attorney for healthcare, known as your healthcare proxy, meaning if uh, you know you were to get in a car accident and um, your brain was essentially mush, Josh has specific instructions to come put a pull over my face at St. Charles. Uh, but you know somebody needs to have that specific instruction, uh, which is really important. So this is the one um, that everybody should have, right? Is is the healthcare proxy and the durable power of attorney, so that if some for some reason you don't have to be old, you know, everybody should have this as part of your state planning documents. Um, you need to know, somebody needs to know what to do if you get certain levels of health care problems, but also you're unable to act on your behalf from a mental capacity. Somebody needs to be able to continue to pay bills and all that and stuff. And it's really important, especially important, I think, to communicate the contours of your estate plan to the person that you have tasked with executing it. Uh, that's something that we often see also as sort of neglect or unwillingness to want to sort of deal with uh, the situation as it is. And if those people don't know where all of the things that they need to know about are, it can make their life uh, immeasurably more difficult. So do them, uh, you know, offer them, offer them the opportunity to know what all of that stuff is, uh, because it will be something that they'll thank you for later. Well, and also you realize, it, so let's say, you know, you have Josh and his wife are uh, trustees of their trust, but then they name a successor trustee. Let's say their son Grayson is now 25 years old, and uh, he's not Dennis the Menace anymore, and he's going to be the successor trustee. He, you have to, ha he has to understand that there is a lot of work oftentimes involved, and it can be very time-consuming and stressful. And so just realizing when you're naming a successor trustee on your estate plan, you're asking a lot of that person. And then lastly, you know, Phil, if you have philanthropic goals, an estate plan, uh, especially a big one, can help you with that. And there's certain different kinds of trusts that you can set up um, that can help you from a tax standpoint in giving money away. So, um, you know, Everybody needs some level of an estate plan. The different levels of complication come at when you have kids and certain levels of assets or you're philanthropically inclined. But everybody needs to have at least a basic estate plan with a health care proxy uh, and a durable power of attorney um, at the bare minimum so somebody can act on your behalf if necessary. All right, if you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the market and especially how it's affecting our clients' money. So get added to our e-newsletter list. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your emails. Stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
Oregon Hot Tub's annual floor model clearance sale is on. Get the best prices on limited quantities of relaxing and therapeutic saltwater hot spring hot tubs or turn your backyard into an oasis with an endless pool swim spa. And don't forget about the health benefits and relaxation you can get by owning a sauna by Thin Leo. It's your last chance at 2022 closeout pricing. Hurry into the floor model clearance sale on now only at Oregon Hot Tub in Bend near Barnes & Noble. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One-of-a-kinds, discontinued models, and old furniture friends. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The warehouse clearance sale at Wilson's Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend. Save up to 75% on brand name mattresses and power adjustable bases right now. Wilson's deepest discounts on instant comfort, heirloom, cluffed, and martial luxury mattresses. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The warehouse clearance sale is on now. Inventory is going down, but there's lots of good stuff still available. Sale ends February 28th. At Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend, we've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962. Today could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. If you want to win, you've got to come in to Indian Head Casino. It's Indian Head Casino's $195. $1,000 wild ride and winnings giveaway. Win your share of $195,000 or a Ford Bronco Sport. Today could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. And every Friday and Saturday, win your share of $28,000 in cash and prizes in our wild ride and winnings giveaway drawings. Start earning entries now. Win cash. Win bonus slot play. Win a Ford Bronco. It's Indian Head Casino's $195,000 wild ride and winnings. Today could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. Today could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. Total cash prices in January and February. See Players Club for details. When you build with Highline Homes, yes, you are making an investment in a house, but you're also making an investment in your family and their future, as it was when Andrea built her first Highline home. While we were young, looking for a place to start our home, to start our family. Your Highline home is more than just a quick market snapshot. It's an enduring investment in your family's lifestyle and traditions. Get started now on your family's investment at HighlineHomes.com. Oregon CCB 181069. Highline Homes. On your lot on time, Bill Wright. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Stepping into cold water is the worst. Jump into your morning shower and have hot water to start your day. Relax and rise and be on your way. Need to upgrade your water heater? Severson Plumbing has you covered. Voted best plumber in Central Oregon two years running. Find us at SeversonPlumbers.com. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, Call Severson Plumbing first. Get your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. We appreciate spending some of your weekend with us. It's amazing when you look at the CPI data um, and look at it by sort of category, the year-over-year increases or decreases. So in June of 2022, so last June, the year-over-year increase of used cars was over 7%. In January of this year, Used cars were down 11.6% year-over-year inflation. Gasoline last June was 60% year-over-year inflation. January of this year, 1%. Um, you know, big, big differences. Those were the two biggest, obviously, though, was gasoline and used cars, where we saw the biggest uh, drop in a six-month period from an inflation standpoint. Uh, I mean, I guess fuel oil but had a big drop, too. But it's crazy to look at these numbers. And, and the data moves around on the CPI so much that you, just when you think, oh, well, we have a big decline in these parts of the inflation, then it's moved somewhere else. 
They they have that new super core PCE that oh the Fed God. is focused on. <laughs> you know when uh, I was you know when I remember when the light went off when I was in college in, in statistics class, and I had this really cool. He was a Canadian guy and he taught a bunch of he taught like uh, statistics, but he also taught a lot of accounting classes. And uh, he 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 said I was doing some statistics problem and that was like real life. And I looked at him and I was like, huh. And he goes, you just figured out you can manipulate statistics to say anything you want them to say. And I was like, yep. And he goes, it's funny. A lot of, a lot of businesses do that with their accounting as well. Well, I saw a great chart of inflation in the 1970s this week and the successively higher highs uh, rolled over dramatically and then surged to newer highs. Uh, three separate times. Uh, yeah, because the, the rollover is what. So you know how it goes. Like it, we've been seeing it, right? The month it's of January. The bull, yeah, the bullwhip on the other side, and then all of the activity comes back at an even greater degree than it was before. But it's the reason that the only solution to it is a killing of demand, and you know, via a recession. That's like if you look at the, the way to deal with above uh, higher than average inflation. You have to kill demand because otherwise it just is self-fulfilling, and, and that's what we saw in the month of January. Um, so I'm looking at a chart from Creative Planning. Uh, they made this, this on Y Charts, which is a great website. Uh, the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index has moved to minus 24. Uh, uh, that's the lowest since, level since May of 2020, obviously, when the pandemic hit. In the past, if we look at data going back to 1960s, Every time this indicator was at or below current levels, the U.S. economy was either at or approaching a recession. And it's every single time we've gotten to this level on the manufacturing index, we have had a recession without fail. So maybe it'll be different this time. I just don't think so. Well, 12, 12 or 13 months uh, declining leading economic indicators, not a good sign. All right. We got an email from a Jen T in Ben. Jen says, I'll inherit $40,000 from my grandmother. Should my husband and I boost our kids' college savings accounts or pay off credit cards and student loan debt? Definitely pay off that uh, credit card debt that is approaching 20% annualized rate, <laughs> uh, highest ever. Uh, knock that out first with the student loan Well, first stuff. change the behavior that yeah. got that credit card debt in the first place, but... Um, yeah, well, you know, one of the things we say tell obviously you don't have an emergency fund, Jen, because you have credit card debt, and you know, with the, I mean, maybe you do, but generally, um, you're obviously probably relatively young, and so, um, you know, revolving revolving consumer debt is very expensive now, as Josh just mentioned. Um, so, you know, first thing is you you have to say you and your husband have to say to each other, okay, how do we create behaviors such that we don't find ourselves in this position, you know, we pay off the debt and then we essentially, you know, create the 40,000 in debt again. And so you have to say to yourself, what do we, how do we create behaviors? The other thing is, you know, saving for college is important, but not at the expense of saving for your own retirement, right? Because you don't want to say, okay, I, I didn't save for my own retirement because I saved for my kids. And yeah, my kids didn't have student loans, but now that I'm retired, I have to go live with them. That's I not concur. a good position. I think that should be the lowest lowest priority savings allocation amongst what you've already mentioned. Well, they have two debt services before they have to yeah. even worry about savings. So, you know, that's that's the big thing. And though I say you need to figure out the behavior modification that doesn't get you in the same place, because that's what happens a lot of time. People get a lump sum, they pay off the debt, um, but then the debt just somehow reappears because the behaviors don't change. Okay, we got an email from Tom. Tom says, "My mother, my mother cut me. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. My mother cut me from her will, and my siblings cashed out her annuities on which I was a beneficiary. Do I have some recourse because I was a named beneficiary? Absolutely, Tom. So your siblings hopefully didn't spend that money. So here's how this works. Um, of course, the will is important." Um, but anything with it that has a named beneficiary, the beneficiary designation supersedes anything that the will says. So, um, Tom, let's say your mom had a 401k or an IRA, and they were they were named beneficiaries. Let's say you and your siblings. Um, that beneficiary designation supersedes everything else. Uh, so it doesn't matter that your mother cut you out of her will because you are a named beneficiary on her annuity. Uh, then that money has to go to you. So your recourse would be to politely let your siblings know um, that you are a named beneficiary and that you are due your share, whatever percentage your mother listed you as the beneficiary. Um, 
something tells me your siblings aren't going to be so uh, amenable to that. And so you might have to have an attorney write them a letter so that they really know your mean business. But absolutely, I mean, you are a named beneficiary. By law, that money's supposed to go to you. So, you know, they can't just say, oh, well, her will said that it's, it wasn't supposed to go to him. So we're going to exclude him. That is not how that works. Uh, and they could be in for a little bit of a world of hurt, especially if they've already spent that money. But beneficiary designation on anything with a beneficiary uh, matters more than what the will says or a trust. Uh, the beneficiary, you know, you could name the will, you could name the trust as the beneficiary, and then the tr- what the trust says matters. But the beneficiary designation supersedes everything else, and that's important. And so, if you are a person um, trying to figure that out, like you're the mother in this case, you're the person trying to figure out. Uh, how to distribute your assets. Remember, when you name beneficiaries, if if you're ex- if you want to exclude somebody uh, from getting some of your money, you can't just do it in your trust or your will. You have to do it on those accounts with named beneficiaries. Um, and then, real quick, we got an email from Jack Hay here in Ben. Jack says, "I own a small business. I want to set up a retirement plan. Where do I start? What kind of plan should I set up?" So. Uh, Jack, most likely, depending on if you have employees or not, you're either going to set up a simple IRA. Uh, simple IRAs, you know, contrib- contribution limits are relatively small, but they're really low cost to administer. The only thing that you have is to match. You're going to have to uh, contribute 3% of their comp uh, to the IRA, to the simple IRA. Or you could set up a SEP IRA. Um, and contribution limits are higher, but there's some, in some cases, if you have employees requirements for reporting. You could also set up a traditional 401k or safe harbor 401k, uh, but that's going to be significantly more expensive. So for most small businesses to start, the simple IRA is the way to go. All right, that's our show this week. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit northwestquadrantwealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.